listening to The Mac and Tuck Show. With Mac Powell, a third day and Tuck Coward. Connect with Mac on Twitter and Instagram, at Mac Powell. And connect with Tug on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, at Tug Coward. All right, so here's the situation. We are going uh, up to Chattanooga right now to see Willie Nelson and, in concert. And so it's Tug and myself, Dr. Mark Lee to my right. Say, hey, Mark. Hey, how's it going? And my good friend Jeff Desharnet right behind me. Jeff, what's up, buddy? Good evening. Good to be here. And then good friend Don and his way up back. He got the bad seat in the way back. He's seriously, man, that's actually the best seat. What are you talking about? How you doing, man? How you doing? Good. Epic road trip. It is to see Willie Nelson. It's going to be huge. It's big times. So this is, what, this is how it went down. I've been for the longest time wanting to see uh, Willie Nelson in concert. And had a couple of chances, but always just kind of something happened wasn't able to go. And I'm scatterbrain because I'm trying to drive at the same time. I'm literally driving my wife's car as we're going up to Chattanooga. So anyway, totally safe. This this summer, uh, I was at Wind River Ranch. You guys have heard me talk about it a lot of times. Don, who's in the back seat back there, runs Wind River Ranch. Say that three times. Yeah. And I was sitting down with another good friend of ours, uh, Mr. Matt Morgan, who's going to meet us up here in Chattanooga. He's he's coming down from Kentucky. And I said, hey, I've never seen Willie in concert. I want to see him, you know, before he passes away. And both Don and Matt Morgan said, oh, man, we've been dying to see him, too. And so it's time to, you know, let's go. So I looked up uh, some dates, and he was in Atlanta last weekend, but I was out of town. And so we saw Chattanooga. And then the bad news was today, October 21st, is it, Mark? Yes, 21st. Today, the 21st, is a day, it's the third Saturday in October, and, and all of you really know well that the third Saturday in October is the Alabama-Tennessee game. Everybody knows that, right? Well, not, not everybody, but yes, please continue. And so, so I said, man, there's no way that I'm going to go see Willie instead of seeing the Alabama-Tennessee game. Now, granted, Auburn is a huge rival uh, of Alabama's, and everybody thinks that's the biggest rival, but really, this is the hundredth game in a row that Alabama-Tennessee have played. So uh, Tennessee is actually supposed to be our biggest rival. Once Tom Petty passed away a few weeks ago, I said, you know what, I gotta see Willie. I gotta take the chance. So right now it's halftime. Alabama's up 21 to nothing. I'm still a little nervous, but we're on our way. We're gonna go see Willie. And not only am I with some great friends in the car, hopefully we'll get a chance to get, grab something to eat. Mr. Dwight Yoakam is opening, so it's gonna be a great night. So we need to uh, bring in drops from the movie Sling Blade because if you recall, Dwight Yoakam was, uh, what was the name, what was his character? Um, Doyle Hargraves. Doyle Hargraves, that's right. That's exactly right. And he had a band, strangely enough, in that movie. And did they have a name, do you recall? They did. It, it was something like the Pile Drivers. It's not that, but it's something like that. Mark and I have several, several of our favorite lines from, from Sling Blade. Uh, one of those are is from Dwight Yoakam Doyle. What you gonna practice, Randy? That's, one of them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. What's oh, how about we ain't got no band? <laughs> yeah, that's another, right. Another one. I'll change the wording a little bit. What the heck's he doing with that hammer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, ultimately find out that. Um, he, uh, he can operate a good uh, lawnmower blade. What does he call? He says what he says something uh, some, funny. Some folks call it a Kaiser blade. A Kaiser, or, yeah. Some folks call it a sling blade. I, I call, call it, it a Kaiser, Kaiser blade. blade. That's it. You're exactly and, right. And the other thing, or two other things, talk about real quick. So I went and saw the Eagles last night, and my kids are going to go see them tonight in Atlanta. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. But also for probably about a month, at least a month, now, I've been trying to get Mark on the show. Little did he know. 
a tricked him into coming up here. It was all a ploy. It wasn't just to get him to, you know, to be a friend and let him go to Willie Nelson and Dwight Yoko because he's a huge Dwight Yoko fan. Me too. But it was to get him in the car so we could interview him about his book. Are we going to do that now or are we, gonna, are we going to uh, take a pause and come back? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't see why not. Mark, you're you game. Let's go, man. All right, here we go. I'm just trying to look up the name of Dwight Yoko's band in the movie. Okay, so we're driving up once again to Chattanooga. Got Dr. Mark Lee here to my right, my right hand man for twenty something years. Well, for a while you were on the left, and then you went back. And then to I the moved right. to the right. Yeah, we moved it around. Been to the right for a long time now. But uh, you had a book that came out. Let's see, was it September end of September? Yeah, it came out September fifth. September fifth was the launch date. Okay, early early September. It's called Hurt Road. I actually got to, I lucked out because you uh, you you invited me, asked me to write the. And so I got to read it before mostly everybody else did. And, and to tell you, honestly, for our fans that are out there listening, uh, what was great about the book for me, and I think I wrote a, I kind of hinted at this before, was, you know, we've known each other for, goodness, 26 years or 20 yeah, at least. years. Yeah, 20, 20, 26, 27, yeah, something like that. Something like that. And so we jumped, we've known each other, you know, more than we haven't known each other, if that makes any sense. And, uh, you know, for someone who's, you know, that, that I've shared a lot of time with for many, many years, there's so much in the book that I didn't know about. And what I loved also was the detail and, and even the things that I did know about how you go a little bit deeper, you know, because guys are guys and we don't always share, you know, the things that are deep, deep down in our minds and our hearts always, we kind of surface sometimes. So it, it was, well, at least I am. Uh, but it was so great to kind of get some more of those details about things in your life. Uh, how was it for you as a writer uh, to, you know, to, to be uh, open to, you know, putting yourself out there like that, to kind of sharing some of those details that, are, that it doesn't come up in normal conversation? Yeah, you know, so I, I had been thinking about writing a book for, I mean, I've probably talked to you at least 10 years before, like, yeah, you know, this is something I've always wanted to do. And we had a break in our touring schedule uh, about three years ago. And I was like, all right, I'm finally, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna write the book. And at the time I was gonna do a fiction book. So I told Stephanie, my wife, I said, all right, I'm gonna, it's time, I'm gonna sit down, I'm gonna write this fiction book. And she said, and I quote, you're stupid. <laughs> um, because she said, there's nothing wrong with writing a fiction book, but before you do that, you should tell your story because there's so much more, you know, interesting things going on with that. And hopefully people can read it and, you know, have a takeaway, you know, be encouraged from reading the book. So that was kind of the motivation for it. And so once I kind of had that, that thought and that motivation behind it, I think it was, it was easy to just go, okay, I'm just going to kind of tell everything. It's not necessarily a tell all, but a, you know, tell a lot kind of, uh, kind of book. So, and then I could go back and make it be what it needed to be, but to where it, it had, you know, the heart of it is, you know, my faith journey. Uh, also, had something very significant happen when I was a teenager. I got hit by a truck while I was selling donuts for my church youth group. And that really, you know, in that moment, I feel like God took, like, the path that I'd been on. I had all these small dreams for myself, and he, he took all those away and put me on this other path that ended up, you know, Mac and I meeting up and starting third day and you know, 25 years later, here we are. So that's really like the heart of the book. And there's also, there's several scenes, you know, talking about the early years, Mac and I meeting up, our awkward 
first conversation about, hey man, do you want to be in my band kind of thing, and then, you know, some of the early days of third day, so there's a lot of, a lot of fun stories in there, but I, hopefully there's some good takeaways for people, you know, anybody that is looking at the future and is worried and discouraged, hopefully they can be encouraged to, um, you know, to trust God with their future, with their lives, and, uh, you know, there's a lot of other things in there about parenting and about marriage and just different things that I've gone through, but that, that's the real core of the, of the book. As far as uh, now the book's been out for, let's see, September, August, I mean, September, October, November, so two and a half months or whatever now, what's kind of the general feedback in the sense of not, in, you know, not how do people like it, because I know they do, more of like, what's the feedback that you were maybe surprised about, mm-hmm. or, or something that really, that people are saying that they've read, that's kind of sticking out to, you know, I, I'm kind of stumbling over my question here, but was, is there something surprising you about the book that's really connecting with people? Yeah, so I've been, since the book came out, I've, I've been kind of on this little unofficial book tour. I've done some bookstore appearances, and I've been speaking on a music tour, which has been really different for me. I used to get up and rocking out with the band, and I'm speaking now. But what has been so surprising is that without fail, every night, somebody who's been in a car accident of some kind has come up and talked to me and shared their story. So that was really surprising. Just you know, wow, a lot of people have had uh, stories similar to mine where they've been in a bad accident. Uh, they weren't selling donuts, and hopefully they weren't on foot, but, you know, <laughs> these kinds of things happen. But then also just so many people who, maybe it wasn't a car wreck, but their lives have been, you know, wrecked in the, a similar way to mine where they, you know, they had their perfect plan for their life, and then something else happened that knocked them off the path. And, and people have been so... Uh, willing to share their stories with me, and it's 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 been really uh, really interesting you know, just to see uh, how that's unfolded. Uh, but then also just to see you know how people share how reading my book has encouraged them, and or they'll you know maybe they'll know somebody else who has been through a similar kind of thing, and they'll go, man, I'm going to get this book and I'm going to you know pass it on to my husband or my son or whatever who has maybe been through or is going through a hard time. So I've, I've been really excited about that because that was really the, the core of why I wanted to write a book, or write this book especially, is hopefully being able to share my story with people and they'll be able to insert themselves into the story. And, you know, yes, I have a very specific thing that happened to me, but uh, I think there's a universal takeaway that everybody can have that wherever you are, you know, in your life, that God wants you to take that simple step of faith back to Him. And it's just been really encouraging to see a lot of people have have latched on to that idea. Uh, one, one thing I want to say as a, you know, as a good friend for many, many years, um, I know I said a moment ago that I'm really just as a friend, getting the, a little bit more insight and details that aren't normally shared in conversation. That was one of the things that I love about the book. Uh, the, one of the other things that I love about the book is that um, the title of the book, Her Road, um, a lot of people, without kind of giving away a surprise or whatever, uh, kind of explain to people about Her Road. I, I know this because we grew up together. Right, I yeah. know about our, you know, where we're from. So kind of expand a little bit on that title and how you came up with that title. Yeah, so as I travel around to different parts of the country and I tell people that I have a book called Her Road, People always say, I get it, you know, it's the pain of the journey, the struggle of this road that we're all on. 
And I'm like, yes, that's true. It works as a great metaphor. But it's also literally a place uh, near Atlanta where Mac and I are from. And it's where I was when I was 14 years old. And this really isn't giving anything away because this is the first scene of the book. So 14 years old, I was selling donuts uh, on the side of Herb Road. And why my youth pastors thought it would be a good idea to send me to Herb Road and not, I don't know, Healthy Road or Happy Road or something else. Uh, so I was selling donuts on Herb Road and uh, actually got hit by a truck there. So that was that was the moment for me that, you know, God took all my little plans I had for myself and replaced those with this, this bigger plan, this bigger vision that he had for me. So it's very, you know, influential, very... Uh, very key moment in my life, obviously. So, I, I, you know, as I was trying to figure out a name for the book, I mean, they just that was that was the thing. I just don't think I could have ever come up with anything better than that. So I think it just applies so well to you know the heart of what the book is about. All right, next question. Right now, you're out on the road. Of course, you know we've toured many, many years together, and always been on you know majority of third day tours, um, or third day's been on a tour like Winter Jam or. Show, stuff like that uh, with some other artists. Now you're out on the Air One uh, Positive Hits tour. So tell me, what's that like being on tour and not playing music, but being the speaker, one of the speakers of the night? And uh, you know, what's what are the challenges to that, and, and the difference of uh, you know, sort of playing music, and, and what are the you know the good things that you found from I think first of all, I think the good thing is I've really enjoyed being on a music tour. And just being able to have fun and watch the concert and enjoy that instead of having that, uh, you know, I've always enjoyed getting up and, you know, rocking out with the band, but there's this pressure side of it in that one, you know, just having, you know, this all this gear up on stage and there's always this, in the back of your mind, you're worried that something on any given night is not going to work, which a lot of times that's the case. Uh, so not having that pressure and then also, you know, you're always, you know, you feel like you've got to carry this weight of, you know, if third day is the name on the sign out front, so if people don't show up, then, you know, we've, we've let, you know, the people that are putting the show on, we've let all them down, so there's a little bit of that pressure, so I've been able to be on this tour and not worry about any of that, I've just been able to watch the other artists, and there's a lot of great, obviously Skillet, you know, I'm a big fan of those guys, we toured with them a few years ago. And then uh, there's a lot of great newer artists. Brit, well, I say new. Brit Nicole's been around for 10 years or more. But I've been able to watch her show, and it's a lot of fun to watch. Colton Dixon, a good buddy of ours, we toured with a couple years back. And then Torrin Wells used to sing for Royal Taylor, and we were buddies with those guys. Now he's uh, doing solo thing now. And he puts on a, just an amazing show, and I've been able to hang out more than any of the other artists because we're on a bus together. I've hung out with Torrin and his band and they're just they're great guys and I've just I've really enjoyed just kind of that camaraderie of being on, on this tour so it's been a blast it's been really different uh, you know I'm used to even as a speaker which I that's a new thing for me in itself but I'm used to getting up there and talking for like 20 minutes and on this tour I've got exactly seven minutes and you know as soon as I walk out there's a, like a little timer you know seven minutes and so I've compressed a 20 minute talk into seven minutes so needless to say I've been talking very fast <laughs> well man it's it's I am super we haven't seen each other in a while so I'm super excited that we're on this road trip together going to a concert one of the, our favorite things to do together and uh, man it's great to finally have be able to get you on the podcast um, and talk about the book uh, the last question I'll have for you uh, and we'll 
probably talk later on about the concert and all that stuff. But what's uh, what's kind of next next for you as far as a writer and and speaking? What's uh, what's the next thing you're thinking about? What's your next uh, step? Yeah, so I'm at the point. You know, the book came out in September, so I'm you know comparing it. It's funny because the music business, the book business, are similar. But they're not. The, the publishing, book publishing, is everything happens at just this snail's pace compared to what I'm used to. So I'm at the point where I'm just now having the conversations of what what the next book would look like and what the timetable for that would be. So that's probably the next thing I'm going to do is sit down and really uh, get uh, get you know an outline and things for what the next book is going to be. And then I'm just I'm going to continue just get the word out about the book. Uh, when I'm done with this Air One tour uh, in a couple weeks here, I'm going to be lining up some other things and just you know getting out in front of people and just uh, sharing the, the ideas in the book. So uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting times for sure. Well, as your friend, man, knowing how much you love to read and write, you've been doing a blog for a long time too, and now you're doing. I, I knew I already, I already said I was going to ask you one last question. I got one more, yeah. but you're also with the book doing uh, with your wife Stephanie doing uh, a podcast with that. Um, so it's it's exciting, man, to see uh, this little bit of writing that you would do on the side every once in a while out on the road and go, you know, going off by yourself and kind of going, I'm going to focus on this to see that it's kind of finally come to fruition. So I'm excited for you. I'm excited for you guys that are listening to podcasts to go check out the book. It's called Hurt Road. And congratulations, man, with the release. Hey, thanks a lot. Willie Nelson, I'm excited about it. Can't wait to see Dwight Yoakam. Also awesome. It's going to be a fun night. Yes, it is. Excited about it. All right, so uh, halftime is over. I'm going to go back and watch the Bama game. You're going to watch it? That's usually somebody else better drive. Yeah, maybe somebody else better drive. Play by play. We're having a barbecue. All right, so we finally made it to Chattanooga on the road trip, and uh, we came into... What's it called? Sugar's Ribs. We're at Sugar's Ribs as we speak. Sugar's Ribs, you see it as you go through Chattanooga if you're coming back to Atlanta from Nashville. It's always up on the hill. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. And so we walk in. Me and Mark are excited about the barbecue. Tug sees the free jukebox and goes, I got this. Goes over, starts punching in some numbers, and as you can hear... Uh, Golden Earring, Radar Love, playing. Nice selection, Tug. Thank you. I'm glad. Because we've talked about this many times, Mark, because I have some weird taste in music a lot of times. Like, I like early 80s alternative, and oh, I like... Yeah. I like. Me you too. like that stuff, too? Oh, I, I love the alternative, man. I'm actually on... I'm a huge R.E.M. fan. Me too. And I'm actually currently, like... In, deeply embedded in some REM research. I've, re- I've finished reading an REM biography, and now I'm reading another REM biography. So you guys probably don't want to talk to me anymore. No, I'm, what are you talking about? It's one of my favorite I'm, bands. I'm, I'm I love like, REM. I've showed my nerd card, and now you guys are like, oh, no, 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 no. Not at all. It's perfect. <laughs> I was going to say, maybe that's what your next book needs to be about, is REM. It's REM biography, which gives me an excuse to hang out with the REM. Go find Michael Stipe and Mike yeah. Mills and all those guys. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. But I totally dig, like, uh, Tears for Fears. Oh, and man. Duran yeah. Duran and uh, this guy over here he's just like he's not he's, he's, I mean he's literally shaking his head he as we speak, speak. Yeah, I don't like the keyboard uh, Euro rock I don't <laughs> yeah, right. so I did select because the game is on I selected Sweet Home Alabama so uh, it's in the mix we got Elton John in there some Eagles in there because you brought that up earlier very nice yeah Elton John always a classic now which did you go early Elton John or did you go later like bigger Elton John both you know, physical stature and popularity-wise. <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's exactly right. I 
Oh, it goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Oh, yeah, that's a good Strong. one. Love that one. Great song. Love that melody. Oh, it's oh, going right now. Fact. Matter of fact, here we nice go. Choice. So as we speak of Elton John, there he is. And I'm watching the TV. I finally got up here. I was. I got to admit. Mark was my, my co-pilot. I mean, God is always my No, actually, God is my pilot. That's right, that's so right. Mark was my co-pilot. But I was glancing down at the phone every once in a while to see this Bama game. So now we finally get here, get to see the very end of it. I saw a minute, and the game's over. But Alabama won, so there's the update for you guys. What's the final? 45-7. to 7. As we uh, eat here, what did you say? What did you order? I got uh, the brisket and a little side of ribs. Nice. Yeah. Well, he ain't playing. Well, Jeff, uh, Jeff is buying my dinner for taking me to the show, so I got, <laughs> yeah, I bought a little, got a little extra bonus barbecue there. <laughs> Mark, what did you choose, Val? So I was gonna get. They have this thing on the menu called Mo Better Stew, right? Wasn't that what it was called? Something like that. Something like Mo Better Stew, and I'm like, yeah, put me down. Thinking it was gonna be like Brunswick Stew, and just as I got up to make my order, somebody else asked about it and said that it's like some kind of chicken thing, and I'm like, oh, yeah. So. I, at the last second, I changed, out. changed the play at the line of scrimmage and ended up getting <laughs> red chili instead, so who knows. Which has rib meat in it, I understand. That's what they make it with. Oh, okay. So it's going it, to be killer. It's going to be good. I'm excited. So yeah. we'll get a full review, maybe a report on Sugar's ribs. And uh, they got pictures of Johnny Cash on the wall. They got pictures of Dinah Ross and the Supremes. They got a free jukebox, and it smells terrific. And the view of downtown Chattanooga is spectacular. So um, we will uh, we'll, we'll keep you posted on uh, how this turns out, and then uh, we'll touch base again when we get closer to the venue, which uh, we're headed to the Soldiers and Sailors Memorial Auditorium, where uh, a long time ago, like 1993, I saw it was Marty Stewart and Travis Tritt, which was the No Hats Tour. That's right. I remember that. I didn't see the show, but I remember that tour going out. So I would have loved to have seen that show. It was so good. The only thing, there was this fiddle player, and I forget his name, and he was incredible for about five minutes, except he played like a 30-minute set, or it seemed like a 30-minute set. Was it like Mark O'Connor opening it up, like a fiddle guy? I bet That's it was exactly Mark O'Connor, because that, that would have been like his heyday, Mark That's O'Connor. That's exactly who it was. Killer fiddle player, but I could see why you'd say yeah. that, but man... Marty Stewart, Travis Tripp, whiskey ain't working oh no more. That whole God. scene, I would have loved to have been there. Yes, ma'am. Food is almost ready. We've got to go. <laughs> All right, we just got here, and I'm sitting uh, next to a couple of friends. That uh, These are the guys that we were at Wind River Ranch and started talking this summer. I think it was in July about coming to the Willie Nelson or coming to see Willie Nelson sometime and here we are so I love that we're talking about something and then now we're finally here the dream has come true Don who is the what's your official title at Wind River uh, Cowboy Don executive director <laughs> Cowboy Don at Wind River tell me uh, you know how you feel like you flew in from Colorado to come be at the show in Chattanooga Tennessee yeah, when you tell a buddy you're going to be there and uh, say, hey, man, we should all go see that together, and they say, hey, we're putting it together, you better be there. You don't want to be that guy. Mr. Matt Morgan, who lives in Kentucky, drove down normally a little over four hours. He ended up doing, being about five and a half hours, had a little tire trouble. Matt, I'm hoping it's going to be worth the trouble for you. Oh, I don't doubt it. Great friends, great company, and hopefully a good show. So looking forward to it. We found out, I didn't even know this, when we bought the tickets, that it's Willie Nelson. That's who we're coming to see. But Dwight Yoakam is open up. So that's a great bonus. Let's talk about concerts. What's your favorite concert? And you can't mention Third Day or Mac Powell. What's your favorite concert you've ever been to? 
U2, Joshua Tree, the original in 87, and then followed up with the reunion tour this year. Wow. Willie Nelson better bring it tonight, better bring his A game. All right, what about you, Don? You got a, a concert or two that you've uh, enjoyed in the past few years? I've got to go with the Eagles as of last night, so uh, the dual threat weekend with uh, Eagles and Willie Nelson, uh, all plussed up by Mr. Powell. We'll let you guys know later on um, how the night went. Hey, it's Tug. We are rolling up uh, 24 east, about to hit 75 south, back down to Atlanta. Just wrapped up with the uh, Dwight Yoakam Willie Nelson show at Soldiers and Sailors Memorial Auditorium in Chattaboogie, Tennessee. All right, guys. What you think, man? Mark, I don't know if you remember, the last time that we in Third Day played at Memorial, it was probably one of the worst turnouts in Third Day history. I do not have good memories of that building, and yet now this totally redeemed it. Dwight Yoakam, for years, you've been a huge fan of his, just sounded amazing. And then, uh, then Willie comes out and plays hit after hit after hit after hit. And so, you know, it's one of those things you could just... You know, I saw, and, and I'll comment about this later on the podcast, I saw the Eagles last night with Vince Gill and had an amazing time. But this is definitely one of those things you just, you check off the list. You just, like, this is definitely, for me personally, uh, one of those bucket list things that I've wanted to do for my whole life. And here it is, and, and I can check it off. And it was amazing. It was totally worth it. If you rewind to the second to the last time that we played at that venue, it's actually documented on video. The power went out like two songs into the show. So we definitely have some bad memories of being at that place. So it was great to be there tonight and have it be totally redeemed. For me, like seeing Dwight Yoakam, it was like just my musical past all wrapped up together. I was a fan of Dwight when I was in my you know, college years. And when I was a little kid, I loved Buck Owens. And Dwight Yoakam, you know, he did Streets of Bakersfield, which is a big Buck Owens tune from back in the day. And he actually, in the middle of one of his songs, he kind of stopped and started do- acting as if he was doing the Buck Owens TV show from back in the day and did like two other Buck Owens songs and then went back into one of his songs. It was incredible. So great to see. And of course, Willie Nelson is always amazing. And he ended it with a set of gospel songs, which I love. So, yeah, I'm, my mind is totally blown. Totally enjoyed the show tonight. It was amazing. So I've got my friend Don in the back seat still. Don, how'd you get stuck in the back again? <laughs> yeah, dude. What did you think about the show? Man, I loved it. It was uh, it was all that and a bowl of grits. So, uh, yes, definitely, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Definitely uh, met the hype. Uh, Willie definitely had a mosey on, but uh, he owned it and uh, finished strong. So it was uh, all I hoped it would be. All right, so I've been to a couple of shows with my friend Jeff over here, Jeff DeJarnett. Tell me what your initial impressions of the night were. First of all, let me say that I have not played that venue. <laughs> Nor have I, by the way. <laughs> I, I never have either. But uh, it is, a, like uh, I'll say what Mac has said, and that is that it's one of those those shows that you have to check off a list. Willie Nelson's a, not only a performer but an unbelievable songwriter, and I appreciate good songs. So it's good to sit back and just hear good tunes. Yeah, no doubt about it. Which, which was your favorite? I mean, if you had to narrow it, can you call a song that was like, that's the one I wanted to hear? Man, it's hard to say. You always wanted to hear him sing Georgia. Oh, my Even gosh. He didn't that, write was, that. that was mine. It's, it's one of his signature songs. Too many to even guess which one would be my favorite. The, the one thing that you pointed out is that the old school country artist used to always close with gospel songs, and he still does that. Yeah, it's funny because I've been reading his biography, which he's probably had several, but his latest biography, 
And it's interesting that back in the day, and his, uh, you know, he grew up going to church, singing in church, reading his autobiography. He said back in the day, every country artist when they toured, they would, they would at least do one or two gospel songs. And to this day, he still does, and that's what he ended with tonight. And it's so interesting. He's such a legend. I, and I'll be honest with with you. You know, he came out and did started out with Whiskey River, just like he does every night uh, in concert. Uh, but it, it sounded a little rough at first, and I was shocked that he was the only guitar player on stage. In fact, the whole night it really was like an acoustic set because you got a guy, the bass player played electric bass for maybe three songs, and then he, then he switched to upright bass, so totally acoustic. The drummer has a snare, and that's it. No toms, no hi-hat, no cymbals, which I totally dig. No offense to drummers. Uh, then a percussion player. He was basically playing a shaker all night. Yeah. I mean, basically. And yeah, and Bobby on piano, him, Willie playing uh, trigger, his acoustic guitar, and Mickey on harmonica. So no electric instrumentation at all. It's like a, an acoustic set, and yet it doesn't feel like that at all. It did sound out. It did start out a little rough, and then got to the middle of the set in the night. They were doing an instrumental, and it might have been Starlight. I don't even remember. I think it was. But uh, it just sounded so, so good. So great, great, great night of music. No question about it. Any, anything that uh, you saw that, that stood out to you that you loved or that uh, maybe you didn't even love? For me as a guitar player, just watching Willie Nelson play, I was reminded just what an amazing guitar player he is and how influential he was on so many other like country and rock performers. Yeah. Uh, I saw an interview with him, it's probably been about 20 years ago, and he talked about how when he was a kid in Texas, that he would pick up like AM radio stations at night, and a lot of those stations would be coming from Mexico, and so yeah. you'd hear a lot of the Spanish influence in those songs, so it was this weird mix of like country and then like the Spanish music, and that's really like what his playing style is all about, and he'll kind of weave in and out of like being like on time with the band, and sometimes he's like... A little bit ahead. Sometimes he's way ahead, but he's got his own sense of timing. But he's a, just an incredible guitar player, and you know that he's got this one guitar that he plays all night, and he makes it work in all these different uh, contexts. Uh, it's just an incredible, incredible musician. Yeah, just, did you? Did you even? I didn't even notice. I don't think anybody. Did anybody tune his guitar for him? Or I, didn't, I never I saw anybody do so. it. <laughs> I think yeah. he just totally, you know, just went with roll the dice the man. whole time. Yeah, but. Totally. The thing that I thought was very interesting is that he has those moments where he's just playing the guitar really hard, and it almost sounds like a like, like a an electric, a, like yeah, an electric like a little yeah. bit. But even like a I don't know, like a Pink Floyd kind yeah. of, you know, it's just like a, yeah. and and he's just wailing on this guitar, and it almost doesn't seem like it belongs in the song, but it fits anyway. But it, it's it's totally like he just does whatever he wants to do, but it totally works. Yeah, yeah it's great. It's unbelievable. Yeah, and you could tell you could tell he's such a good guitar player and it's such a unique thing that he does and i'm tonight has really convinced me you know it's often as musicians you listen to him play and it's so ahead of the beat so many times so often in his phrasing and stuff and and not only his playing but in his singing as well but he knows exactly what he's doing uh I, i noticed there were times where bobby would go and play a piano solo and he would be right on the beat the whole time. And so he can do that. But when he does his thing, it's almost like a mixture of jazz, you know. Yeah. And he's a great guitar player, like Mark was saying, that he can do anything. He can play country. He can play rock. He can play, you know, gospel, blues, blues yeah. jazz, everything, and, and kind of mixes it all together. 
and that's another thing I wanted to ask you both is that do you watch the performance different than like a guy like me that I never I can't play anything I mean I can't barely play a board game much less an instrument yeah I, I definitely think so I think when you're in that world you're noticing little things like how often people are changing guitars you know keys of songs uh, instrumentation for example for Dwight Yoakam and maybe I'm off with this I don't know but there's a multi-instrumental guy in the back and he's playing pedal steel and fiddle and piano and yeah all kinds of stuff and Mark had said something about huh that's a that was a different kind of piano solo and I was like I bet he doesn't even really play piano and sure enough when you see him he's like killing the pedal steel killing the fiddle and like he's probably just like oh well I'm just okay on the piano and yet the normal person wouldn't even recognize that they think oh this guy's brilliant and maybe he is I don't know but probably not you know yeah that's that's interesting too yeah so I'm sure you will look at it very differently as well oh yeah absolutely just as a musician just watching uh, watching these different guys and how they handle different musical situations I, I gotta be honest perhaps my favorite moment of the whole night was watching Dwight Yoakam's guitar player. He played a solo on the electric guitar and he had a guy come over and hand him a mandolin. Oh, yeah, and then yeah. he played a solo on the mandolin, handed it back to the other guy and then started playing guitar again. I've never seen anybody do anything like that before. It was incredible. One other thought I had too was just Willie Nelson and his sense of, of just tradition of music. He did a whole set of about three or four Hank Williams songs in the middle of his set. He did a couple of jazz standards. Mac mentioned Merle. about doing Starlight. Yeah, he did did a Merle song. Little tribute did to Merle. Dwight. And Dwight did as well. So yeah. And then doing the gospel songs at the end. I mean, I just love that. And then, you know, in the middle of all that, he plays Crazy, which is probably one of the, if not the most recognizable uh, country songs of all time that he yeah. happened to have written himself. Yeah. But just plays it kind of in passing alongside all these other songs that were written by other people. It's just amazing how he weaves in and out of all those different uh, moments in the show, and it all works together. Uh, it, was, it was just really incredible to watch. Do you find yourself critiquing at all? Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's you can't help but, but do that. I think people are going to do that in general anyway, but sure. when you're a musician, that's what you do for a living. you you got a, di- a little different eye on it. But at the same time, I mean, you, you, I think you appreciate it more as well. Um, for me, you know, you've heard me say on the podcast, I've been, I've been to a lot of shows in the past year, year and a half. You know, I've seen Springsteen and McCartney yeah. and like a long list of people, uh, the Eagles last night. And, you know, it's, it's hard to really list your favorite because they're all great in their own different ways. And tonight it really didn't disappoint. I was, uh, I, I kind of had heard, and I, there's some people have seen him in the past year and said, hey, don't expect too much. You know, he's up there in age. And, man, honestly, I was not disappointed at all. I had a great time and really enjoyed it. There's the Awful House. There's, there's the Awful House. Dude, go, somebody man. grab a picture of that. Awful. We, we basically are passing the, it's probably the Fort Oglethorpe exit, if I had to guess. And uh, the W, <laughs> the Waffle House is out, and it says the Awful House, which is what my wife calls it anyway, to begin with. <laughs> She's from New York. She doesn't understand how wonderful the Waffle House is. Critiquing, I was going to ask you the same question. Do you, do you find yourself critiquing, and, and or do you see something, and you're like, man, I think I might try to do that something like that too you know honestly for me like with most musicians i go to a show and i do have this like critical ear that i'm listening with 
But with somebody like Willie Nelson, it's really almost I'd put him in the in the same league as somebody like maybe Bob Dylan if oh, you sure. see him live. Sure. Like you're you're kind of witnessing this genius live that even if they do something that's a little bit out there left field, Not you perfect. give them a a big wide swath because it's like, man, this guy's a genius. I mean, I, he didn't do it the way I would do it, but it's it's incredible and it's amazing to watch and just see how he, you know, handles these different musical situations. So, yeah. did you have a favorite moment of the night? I mean, honestly, it's got to be crazy. Yeah. I love yeah. that song and yeah. just the way he was. Do- I can what other song he had been doing and just segued straight into yeah. crazy. Yeah, I love that. And of course, Georgia on my oh, mind. Yeah, I mean, yeah, being from Georgia, yeah. Gotta right. love that Absolutely. always. Mag, any closing thoughts? No, man, I think I already said it. It's just a, a great night. I mean, and I love that, you know, a bunch of some of my closest friends that we all got to be together and have a guy's night out and go to, uh, you know, first of all, there's a big Alabama win today, yeah. roll tide. So that put me in a good mood. And then, you know, we had a great dinner at a great barbecue place in Chattanooga and then went to see the show. And This is the Tunnel Hill Varnell exit, which is the exit I lived off of before moving to Atlanta. So, I mean, we, we might stop so you know, off. You know all the spots here at Tunnel Hill. Well, but, but that's the thing. There are no spots. <laughs> I mean, there's like a Super 8 and a carpet mill and uh, Maybe a Waffle House if it's still open. Mac Powell and Tug Coward. Like the show on Facebook, facebook.com slash Mac and Tug. Follow Mac on Twitter and Instagram at Mac Powell. And follow Tug on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Tug Coward. M-A-C-A-N-D-T-U-G, Mac and Tug.